Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host. Today we're going to go into a really interesting topic. And it's a difficult one. It's one that I'm going to have to sort of dance around and tiptoe around. It's not one that you can just go straight into and say it. Because it's so massive and it's so misunderstood it's one that comes with a lot of dogma and belief structure so my goal today is to cut through that red tape to cut through the bureaucratic assembly cut through the hodgepodge and to go into this subject but To do so, I'm going to have to go around the subject a few times, and I'm going to choose my words carefully. As always, this is not scripted. This is off the cuff. It's going to be unedited. This can be thought of as a step forward in understanding the mind, in understanding meditation, and today also understanding life. We're going to ask the biggest question, and it's kind of a, a series or a cluster of questions, and it goes a little something like this. What is the meaning of life? Why am I here? If there is a God, why does God allow suffering and tragedy? What is the meaning of pain? What is the meaning of love? And so on and so forth. But the big, big question is, why are we here? Everyone wants to know that. And so if I was just to answer, obviously I'd be wrong, right? Why are we here? To do this. Wrong. Why are we here? Oh, because of this. Wrong again. And so thus, I'm going to sort of bob and weave, jab and stick. And we're going to attack this subject with the full arsenal of our human awareness without taking sucker punches or cheating or using off-limits terms because they've become tainted. So here we go. Who's excited? Who wants to find out? I do. Why are we here? And you have to ask it in that way like, "Ah, why are we here, man? This sucks most of the time. Life is so difficult. It's so beautiful sometimes, but it's so damn difficult. And anyone with a a pair of eyes and a brain will see that most of us are just in this state of suffering. Like if you look at the broader base of humanity, like actual people out there, like they work so hard and then we get 
struck down with disease, you know, we're chasing romance and romance always breaks our heart. And I mean, children with cancer, come on, why are we here when you have children that get cancer or drive-by shootings or any tragedy, really? Let's think about it. Why are we here? Let's ask the question and see what comes back. First, 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 I think we have to recognize that each person listening is an individual. And so we cannot make the mistake of looking out into the sea of suffering and identifying with that. Okay? Because... A common energetic principle is that attention, whatever you pay attention to, that's where your energy kind of flows to and that's what you sort of emulate. We copy what we see. We become what we want or what we fear. It doesn't matter. Whatever we're focused on, we begin to vibrate with that, so to speak. We begin to associate with those sets of principles that we see. And so if you look out and see travesty, if you see suffering and injustice, then you're going to get all enraged. And when you ask the question, why are we here? It's going to be like, you're already done, dude. You're done. Because you're only going to find the faults. You're going to see life as a punishment. And you're going to see suicide is somehow justified. And so the question, why are we here, is almost also tied to, like, how are we here? How is it possible? And a lot of really brilliant scientists have dedicated their time and energy to studying these questions and sort of trying to answer them in various ways. I'm not a scientist. I'm not really that brilliant at all. I'm just a normal thinking person. And so I'm going to approach it with a grain of salt. I enjoy the mystery of it. I kind of revel at the mystery and beauty sometimes. And sure, I do pay attention to the problems. To not do so would be ignorant. But I try to balance it out. I try to, when I see the big, big, big problems and the really nasty things that happen, I try to remember, well, there's also good things. And so when I look at those questions, I sort of say, hmm, why are we here? Well, what is my purpose? Me. Not everyone, not all the billions and billions of people, not my city or town or whatever, but me as an individual. And if you've listened to any previous podcasts, then you'll know that this is a trick, a life hack, a tip in how to get truer to yourself is to disassociate from all else. The meditating monks call it detachment. The Buddhist's way is to detach yourself from all things so that you can 
hear that inner voice clearly, or you can find your truth clearly. If we're attaching ourselves to suffering, to travesty, to injustice, to sadness, to bad memories, to trauma, forget it. You're never going to answer this question because the question itself is pain. And so the answer is just going to be more pain, kind of pointless. Does the pain have a point, though? Could the pain be a teacher? So some people have gone into the fire on this one, meaning when most people run away from a fire or a building that's burning, firefighters go in and they go in to put out the fire to save the structure, to save the people, to save the baby or even the dog or cat. And they do so, of course, risking their own life. And so some people, I'm thinking of a few offhand, like motivational type people that really live it and walk it, they go straight into the pain because that's what they enjoy. They train really hard or they endure hardship and they find their path in that way. Okay? And so why are we here? How are we here? What are we? What exactly are we? And this question is kind of like, okay, well, let's start there. What are we? A human being. Well, that's a strange way to answer. If you asked an aardvark what it is, if it could answer, it would say, I am an aardvark. It wouldn't say I'm an aardvark being. If you asked a monkey, it'd say, I'm a monkey. I'm not a monkey being. Okay, and so first off, we di differentiate difference between us and the animals. Because we are a human being. Many people love animals, myself included. We love the animals, but we are not the animals. If you think you are in the animal kingdom, then you are deluding yourself. And this is like shooting yourself in the foot. And now you're a duck. Okay? And so, no other animals have the level of thought, level of reasoning, and the level of physical manipulative capabilities that we have as human beings. Animals aren't starting careers. They aren't inventing nanotech, okay? And so clearly we're very different than the animals. Now, some may argue that man has ascended from the kingdom of ape. I'm not here to debate that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to speak to what I can really know and what can serve me in my quest for understanding. And hopefully, some of these points get all of y'all out there thinking about the big, big questions. And we tend to sweep them under the rug, don't we? Why are we here? Uh, I don't know, but let's just watch something. Let's get our mind off of it. What are we? Mm, does it matter? Let's go to work. Let's go to school. Let's get super drunk and drive home. Okay. And so when we sweep the questions under the rug, 
We make a mess. We make a big mess. We make mistakes. We're gonna trip on that carpet because it's got a big lump of dust that we've been sweeping under there for years. And then we're gonna fall and bloody our nose and we're gonna say, ah, oh, another problem. What's the point? What's the point? That's another way of asking the same thing. Humans like a point. We really dig a point because it's understandable. A line, sure, we can understand that, but a point, man, that's something. And so if we can answer this today, if we can really answer why are we here, what are we, what's the point, then I think we've made some progress. But I'm going to dance around a little bit more, so bear with me. Bear with me. Each of us is an individual. Each of us has a sovereignty to us. Each of us has an independence. Okay? Number one. And so the answer will be different for each person. But we're looking for a blanket statement. And that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is that we're looking for a blanket statement because blankets are comfortable. And we want to feel the same. We want to feel part of the community. We want to feel as though we're all in this together. And we're not. Okay, so that's the first mistake that people make. So now what you have to do is you say, why am I here? What is my point? What is my purpose? And it's going to be different from everyone else. It's going to be individualized. And so in the new age community, in this sort of post-religious period where people are blending science and spirituality, there has been something come up and it's called this idea of manifestation, okay? And so if you ask these people, why am I here? What is the point? Oh, it's to manifest whatever you want. Sounds good. And so you have people making vision boards. You have people intending. You have people sort of essentially trying to acquire things through thought, through emotional play. And there's something to this, but it's not for everyone. And it's not really for me. I study it, but I don't join that movement. I don't subscribe to that notion. What I do is I observe many things, many, many things. And they're on to something. They're on to something there. But really, for me, life is more than making a vision board of the car I want or the things I want to attain. Okay? It's more than that for me. And maybe it is for you too. And some of us who have achieved success, we can tell you, once you get there, it's like a low point. When you finally get that dream car or you finally make that amazing debut into what you've been wanting to get into and you realize it and you get it and you achieve it, it's like, now what? 
And so let's put that question on there too. Like now what? Once you get what you want, once your vision board becomes true, once you have your dream partner and all the money you need and your dream house and your dream car, your dream children, oftentimes we're left with like this now what feeling like an emptiness. And it's hard to describe, but I think a lot of fighters will talk about this. If you, if you look at some of the great boxers, they, um, their low point is when they finally win the championship, when they become world champion. Look up Tyson Fury. Check out his story. It's a universal thing that he, he kind of goes through. He became very suicidal after he became world champion because he had everything. You know, millions of dollars, beautiful wife, beautiful children, world champion, something he'd worked for and toured his whole life. He got it and then he literally wanted to end his life because he felt so miserable. Look up his story. It's really cool. It's really cool because it's all of us. And so to all of you out there struggling, to all of you out there that want something and you're upset because you haven't gotten it, well, let's celebrate for a moment because once you get it, things aren't like you think they will be. I can tell you firsthand that is true. So we're dancing around the subject still, dancing around the subject. Some people say that secret to living is giving service to others. This is a good sort of Judeo-Christian idea and also a a philosophy that doesn't have to be a spouse to any sort of religion, but it's this idea of serving others, of helping people, like helping the old lady cross the street, um, donating to charity, buying hungry families turkeys on Thanksgiving, that sort of thing. And so serving others, oh, here's something new. So some people are trying to acquire, trying to work towards something to make them happy. A lot of people, when they get it, they find they're more miserable than ever before. Some people are out there serving, serving people, trying to help them. And there is something fulfilling to that. I will say that. But I feel like that's just still scratching the surface. Like, I don't know, maybe because I've done that too and it didn't get me where I was hoping to get like I gave a lot to a lot of people but I still felt like a hole or an emptiness and that question still lingered why we are here what is my purpose as an individual and so let's look at it now let's really we've done our little song and dance We've looked around it and I'll just cut to the chase and tell you what I found out when you look at a human being it's clear to see that we are not really the same as everything on this planet birds make sense insects they make a lot of sense squirrels make sense rats and so on and so forth trees make a lot of sense plants grass mountains rivers the oceans the moon the Sun all the stars in the sky the rotation of the earth everything makes pretty good sense to me when I look at it 
It's like a beautiful Swiss watch just working. And then humans come in. And man, we are weird looking. We are weak physically. We bring on a bunch of neurosis. The more we get, the less happy we are. People are seeking to undermine and control entire populations. People get rich and then they get richer and richer and then they isolate themselves and they do horrendous things in the name of searching for the meaning. We have all different kinds of people, all different colors, different continents, different backgrounds, different traditions. And there's this richness and vastness to humanity and this history, right? And we lie. We're lying constantly. What does this even mean? This lying. And, and they say, oh, you can lie to others, but you can never lie to yourself. Untrue. Untrue. We lie to ourselves all the time. I'm speaking in blanket terminology right now, by the way. Okay? I'm not accusing you of lying to yourself specifically. But as a society and as a human race, we are lying to ourselves, trying to make ourselves feel better. We are lying to each other. So, okay, what is the point of all this? And I'm going to leave it right there. Thank you very much. Just kidding. As you can tell, it's not an easy answer. We would have to stop lying to ourselves to find out the answer. We would have to stop putting on this charade and defining the future through the past if we want to know the answer. We would have to stop fighting against opposing ideas if we want to know the answer. Because humanity is so vast and so complex and there's so many rich cultural traditions to draw from, if we were to choose one corner of the woods and associate with that, I'm from Nebraska. I like the college football team here. I like to eat hamburgers and corn. And all else is bullcrap. All other cultures are worse than mine. Or, oh, I'm from India. Our food is the best. Our people are the best. We have all the richness and complexity of culture. All other cultures are not as good as us. Clearly, there's a folly here. And the folly is called nationalism or tribalism. And so tribalism is a big, big blind spot that humans tend to gravitate toward. Think middle school friend group. They call it a clique. Okay? Tribalism at its best. Think the Mean Girls movie or any of the teenage angst type ideas. That's humanity's problem in a nutshell. Coming to age, growing up confused, aggressive, scared, and identifying with a small subset of potential, and then weaponizing yourself against all opposition. Why are we here? Uh, probably not for that. Probably not to display nationalism or tribalism. Okay? And so, 
Why are we here? Maybe to learn, okay? Maybe to learn about other things that aren't in our past. Okay, if we're a white guy from America, maybe we should learn about other cultures from other places and celebrate them and embrace them and sort of allow that into our psyche. If we are, I don't know, if we're a child, maybe we should learn from the adults, okay? Maybe putting a bunch of kids together and turning them loose isn't exactly the best idea, is what I'm saying. Because what you'll get is pain, tribalism, trivial pursuit, and a bunch of nonsense. And so I think we are here to learn, to grow, to expand our consciousness. I think most people could agree on this. Most people that are free-thinking individuals. We are here to love one another. Okay, and that's not always easy. And I'm not talking about the idea of free love or the hippie value system of the sexualization of love. I'm talking about the true meaning of love, which is synonymous with forgiveness, with giving, with caring, with respect, honor, and dignity. So if we are here, it is to love, honor, and cherish humanity in all of its many forms. We are here to learn about the richness and complexity of our own potential. And we are here to shed beliefs, to shed them like a tree sheds leaves in the autumn. Because when we do that, we allow ourselves room for growth and room for expression. And so if we were a very selfish person, we should explore generosity. If we were too generous, we should explore acquisition. If we were humble, we should explore having some pride in our work and ourself. If we were raised in a religious faith, we should explore other faiths and the idea of being agnostic. If we came from a faithless background that did not believe in anything, perhaps we should open up to the idea of creationism, of divinity. And so what I'm painting a picture of here as I'm speaking, I'm sort of seeing Maybe the purpose, why we're here, is to, whatever corner we're in, walk out into the center of the ring and meet our opposite. And instead of beating them up, give them a hug and talk to them. Maybe our purpose is to become something better than we are, something more complete, something more whole. Maybe it can't be boiled down to one point. Maybe humanity's point is vast and individualized. And if there are billions of people, there are going to be billions of points of awareness. If we are a very friendly and outgoing person, maybe what we need more than anything is some alone time 
You see, it's called rounding out your personality because to be a person, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. If you are affluent enough to have a computer or a cell phone to listen to this podcast, then you're in your own captain's chair. And you may say, no, I still live at home. I still have loans. I'm, I'm not worthy. You're thinking about it in terms, maybe you should start rethinking these things. If you have a mind, and if you have potential, then you have everything. You have everything. And so this idea of conquest and acquisition and dominating and fighting, it's our past. We all know it. We all know how racist and how hateful and how violent our past is. That's fine. But we don't have to replay that all the time. If we had a favorite song in middle school, we probably shouldn't keep listening to that for our whole life. You know what I mean? And so, humanity is vast and complex. There's infinite potential. What is my point? What is your point? What is our purpose? Well, we have to find it by finding out who we are, finding out what we lack and what we desire, and then approaching it. Maybe make a vision board. Maybe join a club or a group. When we learn, we grow. But when we settle and when we fixate, we isolate ourselves in a tiny little fraction of our potential. And when we say, I'm only this and I'm only that and I can't do this and I can't do that, we are confining ourselves to a, an unpleasant life and an unpleasant experience. And you are free to do that if that is your wish. And many of us have done this. But then we say, now what? So many people choose suicide, okay? Like, an alarming number of people see suicide as a viable option. Now, me personally, I've never thought of that as a good way out. My parents used to tell me that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I like that. It makes sense. But to me, I've just always enjoyed the nitty-gritty. I've enjoyed the struggle. I've been happiest when I'm working hard, when I'm tired and hungry. Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange? It's not like you would expect it to be. And yet we're taught the opposite. And so maybe we believe the opposite. But what if what we're taught is just teachings from failures at life? What if all the people that failed life are teaching us? And I'm not saying teachers are failures, no. I'm talking about everyone that grew up. 
everyone, all the lecturers, all the intellectuals, all the people out there in the spotlight, what if your icons are absolute failures? If you're following their lead, if you're following Gaga or Kimmel or Colbert or any of the rest, what if they are absolute failures and they just are wearing a mask of success, of wit, of talent? That would mean that you are being pulled by your nose into a pit, into a funeral. And life has become a funeral procession and a dull one at that. And so, again, I go back to the idea of break free from whatever chains that bind you. People think slavery existed and it was a certain thing. But I'm saying right now, and I believe that slavery still exists and it's just taken on a, a different form. It's become more complex. Are you a slave? Some people say we are all slaves to our secrets. We're all slaves to our vices. Maybe you're a slave to success. Maybe you're a slave to money. You get the idea? A slave is not free. A slave must do his master's bidding, unquestioning. And so, the first thing that you must do to get free is to question. And I'm not talking about questioning the opposition. I'm talking about questioning what you believe in, what you identify in, questioning your beliefs and your past, questioning the structures that you've built your life upon. Question everything. And then don't think that you're smart enough to just fill in the blank immediately. You have more than an hour for this test. In fact, it goes on and on and on. It goes on really long, much longer than people are willing to pursue the questions and find the truth. So life is extremely complex. It's full of challenges. Health is wealth. If you're not healthy, then you can't think, then you can't have time. If you can't take a big, big breath, then you're not free. Because breathing is freedom. Breathing is kind of the essence of life. Many of the best meditators, they always say this, focus on your breath. And they say it like a ghost or something. Focus on your breath. Well, focus on your breath. What does that even mean? It means breathe in and think about breathing in and do it fully and then hold it and then breathe out and do it fully and how long can you consciously do that I bet you can't do it for two minutes I'll bet you that your mind gets distracted with ten other things before the two minutes is up because we all do that because we've been conditioned like that to be able to consciously breathe and only breathe and breathe fully 
for two minutes. There's your key right there. That is the first key to life and the first key to freedom. And if you're a cigarette smoker, I would encourage you to drop that habit. It is the most insidious and unhelpful thing in your life. And I say that with my complete heart. Whatever vice you have, quit it. What is a vice? It's a clamp on you. It's a lock. It's a constriction. It is your slavery. Whatever you need, you become a slave to. Okay? And now we're really getting into the core of this question. Why are we here? What is the point? What is my purpose? Well, your purpose is to become a free, beautiful being. Let that set in. And you may say, that's impossible. Or you may say, I can't do that. But that's just your slavery speaking. Okay? We're all slaves to our own devices. All of us. Every single one. Now, if you're very extremely racially sensitive, then you're a slave to the narrative. You're a slave to the past. If you put your race up in front of you all the time, then you're missing the point. Because if we're truly unlimited, beautiful creatures, if we are this wonderful being, then how could we possibly be limited to our racial profile? That's just another thing. If you're identifying yourself as your body, how does that even work? Is that even a complete thought? If you're identifying yourself as your gender, or as your age, or as any of these other tiny little fractions of a thing, well, welcome to slavery. Enjoy your stay in your limited belief system, okay? And I know you'll say, but the world, but Trent, the world, the world sees me as this. I'm not arguing that, but I will say this. How do you know what the world's thinking? I mean, sure, every person has handicaps. There is no superior race. There's no superior age. That's the whole point of this thing that we're trying to discover is that whatever we are, we should move toward what we are lacking. You see? And I want to get onto this race thing because this seems prevalent today and it's like ripe for the picking, this idea of racial identity. In the past, we were fractured as tribes and we married our cousins, so to speak. We married within our village or within our town. And then with modernization, you got a blending of the cultures. And you got kids that were 
biracial, as they say. And then those kids are going to have kids, and those kids will be, what, triracial or quadracial? And so you have a blending and a breaking down of racial profiles. And anyone can see that these kids are just stronger. They're drawing from two genetic pools, and so they are very gifted oftentimes. And in the past, these kids were prejudiced against, meaning they weren't black enough to be accepted by the black community, and they weren't white enough to be accepted by the white community. They were sort of outcasts for that example, okay? And racism still rears its head today in the world. I'm not contending that fact, but what I'm contending is, in your mind, are you free? If you're identifying yourself as a race, then you are not free. If you're identifying yourself as a gender, or as an age, or as a socioeconomic status level, it's like identifying yourself as your car. Are you your car? Are you a Ford F-150? Or are you a Chevy Impala? No, that's the car you drive, okay? Most people would agree that you are not your car, and yet somehow we've become our body. Weird. Weird, because when I was a kid, I just thought, how weird is this? I'm looking down, I see hands and arms, I can look down and see my body, but I'm not my body, am I my eyes? Where am I? Who am I? These are questions we ask. These are the questions we're asking today. Who am I? What am I? What's the purpose? Is this a puzzle? Is this all a simulation? Is this like a dream or something? Is this like an epic tale that we're writing? Is this a prison sentence that we're serving, this life? Like, why do so many people fail and get hurt? Why is the world so cruel? Why are governments so absolutely horrendous all the time? Why does just injustice occur? Well, these are like deeper questions that are outside of our being. That's an environment. And so we cannot confuse our identity with the environment because you can't look outside and see some dirt and say, I am dirt doesn't work like that. You can't look out into a beautiful mountain and say, that's me, just a mountain sitting there. No, you're a human being. An unlimited wellspring of potential and beauty and love, also capable of extreme violence and extreme stupidity. So what do you choose? Life is a choice. Life is full of choices. And it's a system of choices. And through these choices, we make decisions. And through these decisions, we create a construct. And then we live out in the construct and try to become comfortable and knowledgeable. And there's this myth that as we age, we gain wisdom. Not necessarily. It's not a give me. It's not a guarantee. In fact, it's a thought I come back to a lot. A lot is aging with grace and aging with dignity and becoming that kind old person. That's what I want 
when I think about my future, I want to be fit. I want to be mentally sound. I want to be kind. I want to be generous and full of love and smiles. Who wants to be the old person that's bitter and sour? Well, then how come you see that so often? When the body starts to break down, life hands a bunch of pain out, and then you're left with like a bitter, old, sour pill to swallow. And so this is part of the puzzle. What is the purpose of aging? What is the purpose of having children? What is the purpose of life? Why do we die? Why do we have to die? Why do we know about it? And why do people sweep it under the rug? This is going to be a later topic. If you liked this topic, you'll definitely love the death topic. It's a lot of fun. What is my purpose? Why am I here? I can tell you now my purpose. I can tell you why I'm here, but I can't tell you why you're here or your purpose. That should be fundamentally clear by this point. No one can. It's something that you have to do yourself. Think about it. Ponder it. Write it down. Write the questions down. Remain open. Write a poem about your purpose. You might discover your purpose. Go for a hike and think about it. It's worth pondering. It's actually one of the few things worth your time and attention. It's not something to be swept under the rug. Be a, an individual. Be unique. Be brave. And go after this question. We're approaching the end of this. And you may say, dude, you did not answer it. Well, I tried. I tried my best. I feel pretty good about it. I feel like we've opened up some avenues for exploration. It's a path. It's a journey. It's not one thing. Good luck on your path and on your journey. I wish you all the best. I'm doing my thing. I'm pretty happy today. This is part of my morning meditation ritual where I reflect, sit, and think, and record my thoughts to my imaginary audience that I hope someday is real. I'm like building a road, hoping to get somewhere. And it's just one small piece of my day, one small part of the puzzle. And so I hope you get where you're going. I really do. I hope that you enjoy the path. I hope that you enjoy the breath of life. Feel the energy moving through your body. Start asking some quality questions. Question yourself and your assumptions. Smile at a stranger. 
Make someone happy. Give something to someone. Work towards a goal. Whatever it is, do something and enjoy it. So with that, I will say thank you and we will talk next time.